they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. The last six months, I've been spending a lot of time waiting on the Lord. I uh, have been fighting some health issues, and Ron asked me if I wouldn't share what's been happening these last few months. And um, my first thought was, geez, I really don't want to bore him with all the gory details. But um, there were some lessons learned, and I'm sure that's what Ron was referring to. And so I'm going to share some of those with you. I'll tell you a little bit about what happened with me. and uh, But more importantly, the things that I learned, and hopefully uh, they will uh, apply to you as well. So I uh, came down with this condition called came down with this condition called vasculitis, which is rare and a weird condition where your uh, blood vessels get inflamed. And so the blood flow through them is has a difficult time, obviously. And it's, uh, it took about man, almost six weeks for them to diagnose it and had to do tons of blood work. And I didn't know I had that much blood in me. And um, so once they told me what it was, well, I went online and started doing some research. And um, so it started talking about how rare it was. You know, there's only like three in 100,000 people get it. They don't know what causes it or why some people get it. They say it, it could be uh, environmental. It could be maybe that I had a virus and my body didn't get over it or my body got over it, but my immune system thought I still had it. So it's an autoimmune system problem. So my body's thinking it has to fight off something, but there's nothing there to fight. And um, I don't know how many of you know, but we are wonderfully made by the Lord. And one of the things that happens when, when we contract a virus is your blood vessels inflame to stop it from spreading, and that's how it starts to fight it. Well, unfortunately, my body was fighting something that wasn't there, and it was doing it all the time, and my blood vessels kept getting more inflamed. Blood flow was less and less. It, and so I was also reading how it was dangerous for your organs, amongst other things. And um, the treatments varied. I mean, some people react differently to different treatments. And the last sentence of that uh, paragraph that I was reading describing it said, if left untreated, this could be fatal. I thought, yikes, this is kind of serious, I guess. And so uh, uh, tried a bunch of different treatments. The first three, and this takes place over like six to eight weeks, didn't help. My body just was not responding. And I kept getting worse and worse. So anyway, eventually uh, bottomed out and then started getting better little by little. And I still am. I'm not 100% yet, but I'm getting there. So uh, I want to talk today about waiting on the Lord. And the first scripture is in Romans 8, 26 through 28. And by the way, this is kind of unusual for me. Um, the last few times I've been up here, Ron wasn't here, so now I kind of feel like my boss or my teacher's here grading me, so 
have to be uh, extra good this morning. Because <laughs> he's, he's a rough taskmaster, let me tell you. <laughs> okay, Ron used this verse a few weeks ago, but it's worth repeating, okay? In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. Benji also mentioned that during the praise and worship. So during my ordeal, most of my praying was in the Spirit because, as verse 26 says, I didn't know how I ought to pray. All I knew was I wanted to be healed, whatever that took. And through it all, I never asked why or why me, Lord. I just accepted. I said, okay, Lord, I know I'm going to have to go through this, but I also know that you're going to get me through it. So even though I didn't ask why or why me, I did ask when. When, Lord, when is this going to be over? When am I going to get through this? And as verse um, 26 alludes to, I prayed in the Spirit because, like I said, I didn't know how to pray. And the Spirit can intercede for us much better than I could in my own words or on my own. And so I tell you that to remember that, that there, we don't always know how we ought to pray in certain situations, but the Spirit does, and the Spirit gives us or prays the right words for us. You know, we pray or make our petitions known to God, the Father, and we do this through Jesus or in his name or in the name of Jesus. But it's the Holy Spirit who is our divine help in our prayers, and that's why we need the Holy Spirit during our prayers. So the Holy Spirit is very important in our prayer life as well as in everything we do and in our and are in our life we need that holy spirit to guide us to lead us to give us the right words not only in prayers but when we're dealing with others or witnessing to others so we know and we realize then that the holy spirit is very important in our prayer life and that being the case do we spend enough time praying for more of the Holy Spirit in our lives? You know, we, we tend to pray for everything else, but I know in my own life, I have never spent a whole lot of time asking for more of the Holy Spirit or more influence to allow the Holy Spirit to have more influence in my life. And at the same time, I had to hang on to verse 28. As Benji mentioned earlier, it says, and we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So even though I didn't like what I was going through, I had to hang on to those words that God was going to work, work it out for the good of those who love him. And then I also had to realize or accept and believe that I had been called according to his purpose. And so he was going to get me through this. I just didn't know when. So, 
After my condition had continued for weeks and then months and I kept getting worse, my prayers got a little more desperate. And I started trying to bargain with God. I know none of you have ever done that before. I, I also wondered if, uh, you know, as I'd been reading that, you know, that it, this condition could be fatal. Well, then I started wondering, well, maybe the fatal route would have been a lot easier than what I'm going through. So uh, my first prayer, when I started getting desperate and trying to bargain with God, I told him, Lord, if you would just heal me now, just think of what a witness I'll be. Heal me overnight, you know, so that tomorrow I can go around telling everyone how you healed me and what a great thing you've done. And hopefully then I could, you know, share that with everyone. And by the way, we are not just witnesses in words. Did you know that your very life is a witness to those around you, your family, your coworkers, all those others that come in contact with you during the week that may not be Christians, but they're looking at you as knowing that you are a Christian to see what your life is like. And so our words are not our only witness. Our very life is as well. So then my second prayer was also, you know, Lord, heal me now. Again, overnight, right now, so that I can go and pray for others and heal them as well. I uh, have prayed for some people here. I don't want to mention names because I don't want to embarrass them, but it always breaks my heart when nothing happens after the prayers. And I wonder why, why aren't they being healed? Why aren't our prayers being answered? And that's not to say that none of our prayers are answered. I mean, there are a lot that get answered, but there are times when I pray for a healing for someone that I really wish they would be healed and it just doesn't happen. And so look at this next verse in John 14, 12. Because when, when the prayers don't get answered, the healing doesn't take place, I think about this verse, and it says, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. They will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I read that verse, and I say, Okay, Lord, so why can't I do those things? Why aren't people being healed when we pray for them. And sometimes they are, sometimes they're not. Now, I also know that it is not about what I have done or what you have done, but it's all about what Christ has done and is doing through us. The other reason I think that these things don't happen is um, part of the problem is we live in the USA. You know, we, uh, we have an urgent care or an ER we can run to anytime something goes wrong or bad. And we, whatever, we need help. We've got doctors everywhere. If we were living in a third world country where there were no urgent cares or ERs or doctors every, at every corner, we would have to be more dependent on God for our healing and for everything. And, but... Because we can just run to a doctor, well, then we don't have to be so dependent on the Lord living here in this country. And yes, we're blessed to be here. And yes, we're all very happy to be here. But sometimes I wonder if it doesn't just hinder our walk and our closeness and our dependence on the Lord. 
Other reasons our prayers may not be answered is that maybe they're just too self-centered. We, we're all only concerned about ourselves or our family or our friends or loved ones that we want the Lord to help, you know, but um, we need to have that concern for everyone, not just those that we know. Look at this next verse now in John 14, 25 through 27. Jesus again speaking to his disciples, and he says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Again, that, there's the power of the Holy Spirit and the need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. And Jesus tells us that he, once he ascended into heaven, that he was going to send the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit would teach us all things and would remind us of everything that Jesus taught while he was here. And then uh, look at verse 27, especially the end of it, where he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. I always used to look at that as uh, just uh, Jesus comforting us, like, it's okay, everything's going to be all right, you know, or what's that phrase, uh, don't worry, be happy. Um, I always looked at it that way, but actually... When you take it in context with those other verses, it's actually a prerequisite, you know. He's telling us, don't let your hearts be troubled. And he's also saying, don't worry. If, if we are letting our hearts be troubled, that means that we are not trusting in God. We are not depending on him. We are not accepting the fact that he is going to help us. Instead, we're fretting and worrying and concerned about what is happening to us or whatever we are going through. And so if we are letting our hearts be troubled, then we are not depending on him and he's not going to be able to help us. We need to just put our faith and our trust in him that he is going to get us through whatever it is, whatever the situation may be. Next verse, Matthew 9, 27 through 31. Again, another miracle that Jesus was performing. The next few are going to be about that. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Notice what he said? According to your faith, let it be done to you. We need to have that faith. We need to hang on to that and trust in God. And he will answer us according to our faith. Very important, right? Same thing in this next verse in Matthew eight thirteen. This is with uh, Jesus and the centurion. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let
let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. Again, notice Jesus' words. Let it be done just as you believed. And it was. The centurion obviously had the faith that he needed. And the Lord answered his prayers just as he believed. Through all of uh, what I was going through, I've been blessed with a, a good wife. And Mary Jo was like a rock through all of this. She never wavered in her faith. Never got emotional, even when uh, my condition got so bad. You know, my heart was working so hard trying to pump blood through my inflamed vessels that I had a heart attack. And even through all of that, she never got emotional, never wavered in her faith, just kept praying, remaining steadfast. And I thank the Lord for that. That was encouraging for me as well. But at the same time, uh, like, she would come home from work, and I'd be excited because maybe my legs weren't hurting that day as bad as they had been. And she'd get home, and I'd tell her, hey, my legs are doing better. I'm not hurting so much. I can walk a little bit. And she would just look at me like, uh, you're surprised about that? God's healing you. What's, what are you surprised about? <laughs> Likewise, you know, she's a good prayer warrior, and uh, if you need prayer, definitely ask her. She will pray for you. But at the same time, your conversation might kind of go like um, you would tell her what you need prayer for, and she would ask you, well, have you been praying? And you would say yes. And she would say, well, are you believing? Do you believe God can answer your prayers? And you would say yes, and then she would probably just respond, well, what's the problem then? <laughs> Okay, let's look at another one. Luke 22, 31 and 32. Jesus, again, this is uh, around the Last Supper. And Jesus is telling Simon Peter, he says, Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, Strengthen your brothers. So isn't it encouraging to know that Jesus prays for us that our faith will not fail? So that alone should help us to trust in him and to know that he is going to get us through whatever it is you may be going through. And, and knowing that he's praying that your faith would be strengthened. It's just, I just find that very encouraging, and I, I hope you will too, and, and remember that. Uh, sometime back, I sat in on a service from the Spanish church, and I think Pepe used this phrase. Go to the next slide, please. Called lleno de fe. Now, most of you ought to at least know what fe is, because you live in Santa Fe which is faith, right? The city of holy faith. Well, lleno de fe is full of faith. I hope I got that right, and if not, I'm sure Pepe will correct me when I'm done. But um, 
it was talking about being full of faith. And I thought, man, that is just a great phrase. We need to be full of faith. We will all experience our faith being tested at one point or another. When we came to the Lord and accepted him as our Savior, we were never promised that everything was going to be peachy from then on and everything was going to go smooth and everything was going to be fine. We would be tested. We will be tested all kinds of ways with uh, family members, with relationships, with co-workers, with financial difficulties, whatever the case may be, health issues. We will be tested. But it is through and in that testing that we are able to draw closer to the Lord, that our faith can be strengthened and built up. If everything were going smoothly and well, like it does happen, we go through those seasons where things are just fine. And you, if you'll think about yourself, or maybe it's just me, when things are going smoothly and fine, we are not as dependent on God or seeking him as urgently as we, we do when we are hurting or in need of his help. And so through those tests that we go through, it allows us, God gives us the opportunity to use that situation and that time to get closer with him, to be more dependent on him, to be looking to him for everything. And he does care about everything that was happening to us in our lives. It may seem very minute and minor to us, but even to him, it's, it's important. So keep that in mind. Now look at Moses. When God appears to him, he's, he's with his father-in-law and with his wife and kids, living a happy life. And then all of a sudden, God appears to him and tells him, hey, I want you to go back to Egypt. I want you to free the Jews from the slavery of the Egyptians. And so we're going to look at Exodus 4.10 where God is, or Moses is trying to reason with God. And you got to love Moses. You know, when you think of all the amazing things that he did in freeing the Jews from the Egyptians, look at the way he started out in these verses. So God has just told him what he wants him to do. And Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? So, you know, Moses is trying to get out of it, and the Lord already has an answer for him. He says, I'm the one who gives all this. You can do it. So then Moses again, verse 13. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord. And then he jumped straight to the point. Please send someone else. Gotta love it. Then, this part you don't want to love. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses. I don't think any of us want the Lord's anger burning against us. And he said, this is the Lord said, what about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. 
He is already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. Now keep in mind that neither Moses nor Aaron had ever done anything like this before. And they had to have faith in God that he was going to help them, that he was going to provide the right words for them. Because remember, Moses and Aaron had to, before they went to the Egyptian leaders and rulers to try and convince them to let the Jews go, they had to go convince the Jewish leaders that this is what the Lord wanted them to do. And a lot of them, they weren't so keen on the idea initially. And so Moses and Aaron had to first convince the Jews that, hey, this is what they needed to go through. And then he had to go and convince the Egyptians to let them go. So this was definitely a case where Moses was being tested, and Aaron, for that matter, as well. Likewise with us, if we were never tested in our faith, we would never have the opportunity to go closer to the Lord. We would never have the opportunity to increase our faith and our dependence on him. I kind of was like Moses when Ron asked me if I'd come up here and do this. Only I wasn't as polite as Moses. I didn't say, pardon me, Ron. I just said, can't you think of someone else? <laughs> So when everything is going fine in our lives, we don't look to the Lord with such urgency and with such surrender. Let's look at Paul for a New Testament example as well. 2 Corinthians 12, 7-10. Therefore, in order to keep me from, being, from becoming conceited, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan, to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. By the way, I pleaded with the Lord a lot more than three times to take it away from me. <laughs> Verse 9, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. His grace is sufficient for us. Remember that. No matter what you're going through, relationships, financial problems, health issues, work problems, his grace is sufficient for you. Hang on to that. He will get you through it. There were times when I was feeling so horrible and unable to do anything but just lay down. And I'd be there laying there and praying, praying in the spirit. And the Lord would show me that one day I would be up here again. And praise God, I'm here. I may not be 100%, but I'm here. 
praise God for it. He, he's true to his word. And the, we just have to believe and trust in him and be patient, you know. He doesn't always answer our prayers when we want. You know, we, we live in the, in the world of uh, instant everything. We want food. We can get it right now. We, we get upset when things don't happen right away because we're so used to it here in the U.S. But with God, God will answer us. He will meet our needs. He will be there for us. We just have to be patient, wait for him, hang on to him. He will get us through. In Isaiah 28, 11 to 12. For with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to his people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. This is from Isaiah's warning to the leaders of Ephraim and Judah. When we are stressed, worried, in poor health, Many people turn to tobacco, to drugs, to alcohol, tranquilizers, sleeping pills, whatever they can to get through it. And Joseph Prince used this verse to say, when we are in those situations, we instead need to enter the rest and refreshing that God has promised us. And this comes about by our faith and by praying in the spirit. The rest part of it is turning it over to the Lord. Let him provide our needs to get through it. But it requires us to give it to him. Can't hang on to it. We've got to let it go. And the refreshing part of it is the healing that comes from it. We will get that if we just do our part by our faith and by our praying in the spirit. I'm sure that for many of you, a lot of these scriptures very familiar to you, but sometimes we need to revisit them to ensure that we are putting them into practice and that we are not forgetting them. We need to be reminded that God is faithful when we do our part. He will be there for us. And look at this last scripture in John 6, 63. Jesus again talking to his disciples and he says, the spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the spirit and life. Jesus said this to his disciples. He had, he had been giving them this teaching about how they would need to eat his flesh and drink his blood in order to have eternal life. Well, most of those disciples had a hard time accepting that. And a lot of them turned away after that. They just thought that was just too weird. They couldn't handle it. But again, it goes back to having that Holy Spirit in your life to discern. I don't know how many of you, like me, tried to read the Bible before I ever accepted the Lord. You know, when we accept the Lord, we get a measure of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the Holy Spirit gives us 
the ability to discern his word and to understand it. But without that Holy Spirit, you cannot understand it. You it'll just, yeah, there's some nice stories, but you won't get much out of it. But with the Holy Spirit giving you that help, you will be able to understand it and discern it. And so a lot of these disciples that heard that word about eating his flesh and drinking his blood, that was just too crazy. And they, they stopped following him after that. So Jesus came back, and that's when he told them that the Spirit gives life and how they needed it. And so as he said, the Spirit gives life. You want happiness? You want health? You want financial stability? You want peace of mind? Whatever your case may be, whatever your need may be, we need the Holy Spirit. We'll help you to get that, to get through it, and to get what you need. And then as a side note, I just would like to ask all of you, um, for, oh man, the last year at least, our country has really been heavy on my heart. The direction we've been taking, the things we've been doing, we have really turned our back on the Lord on his commandments, on his ways. Uh, we've become a lot more lenient and accepting, accepting of things that we know are not right. And so I would just ask you to continue or lift up our country, our leaders especially. Um, our country is in trouble. And this is another example or in case where I don't know how I ought to pray for our country um, because of the way we have turned our back on God it could be that he is punishing our country and do we pray against that I don't know at the same time I know that and there's many uh, examples in the Bible where his people have prayed and God changed his mind Maybe that's what we need to do for our country. Pray that God would change his mind, that he would have mercy on us, even we, even though we don't deserve it. Uh, so again, that's where we need that Holy Spirit in our prayer life to pray for us, to intercede in the right words because we do not necessarily know what or how we should be praying for our country. So we just need to pray in the spirit that our prayers would be according to the will of God. Amen.